Do you wait for everything to be perfect and lined up straight before you make a choice? How hard are you trying to get everything in your life right? What if jumping in and getting messy is one of the ways to find out what works for you? Discover how being willing to mess up can create the phenomenal life you truly desire. Get ready to quit judging and start embracing all of your messy adventures. Now, here's your host, self-declared messy living expert, Katrina Fava. Hello and welcome to Messy Adventures in Living. I'm your host, Petrina Fava. Thank you for joining us today, wherever you are in the world. Um, if you have never listened to Messy Adventures in Living before, I'll tell you a little bit about me before we get started. This show is really all about um, jumping in without having all, with having your plan, without having your plan all lined up straight and all your ducks in a row. Um, really looking at different places in our lives where we wait to have everything planned and perfect, and that's not really much living. So we talk about different topics and we look at all the places that you can jump in and get messy with your life. So I am, uh, you can find information about me at PetrinaFava.com. I really want to get into our topic today, so I'm not going to talk too much about myself, but I am an Access Consciousness Bars and Body Process Facilitator. Um, I'm also a registered nurse in Toronto. I'm a pediatric nurse, um, and I do a whole bunch of other things. I teach infant massage classes. I have my own line of body products called NaturallyHappyBody.com. Um, I'm an author. Um, I've uh, written in three books uh, one of them is called Creations, Conscious, Conception, Fertility, Pregnancy, and Birth. Um, the other one is Possibilities in Parenting. And my most recent one is uh, Releasing Judgment, all of which you can find on Amazon.com. So, what are we talking about today? What messy adventure are we talking about today? So, our show today is called One More Gift Before I Go. And my guest today is Susie Godsey. We are talking about our beloved animals and the gifts that they give us throughout their lives and especially as they approach the end of their time here on Earth with us. Um, so, their limitless affection, their unbridled joy of living, and their playful energy are just a few of their amazing gifts that we can receive from them. Their loyalty, their friendship is like no other. When it's time for them to go, we're often so sad and grief-stricken that we may miss the most beautiful gift of all. What can animals show us about ease with death? And what if our grief and our tears are walls to communicating with them once they've passed on? So welcome, Susie Godsey. We're going to be discussing some of the most beautiful gifts that we can receive from our pets. Hi, Susie. Hi, Petrina. Thank you so much for having me on this show. I really, truly appreciate being here today. And this is an, a great um, topic. So yeah. thank you so much. Thank you. So I'll just um, introduce you a little bit. So Susie Godsey is the uh, program director for the Access Consciousness Certified Specialty Class called Talk to the Animals. And she's the founder of the... Um, unique and pragmatic access consciousness certified specialty class called ESSE, which is Energetic Synthesis of Structural Embodiment, um, recognized around the world for her unique ability to listen to and learn from animals. Susie spends her time inviting others to do the same. 
Her work has been featured on television, radio, internet telesummits, including a segment on Caesar Milan's Dog Whisperer television show and her own radio show, Conversations with Dog, which is co-hosted by Charlie Yesdog on Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> I love it. So good. So, yeah, thank you so much for being here. Um, you are so, so welcome. You know, I guess I'll start off with just talking a little bit about what spurred me to to have this um, topic on my show today. My um, beautiful dog of 12 years just passed away about three weeks ago now. And she has been an amazing dog and an amazing teacher. Um, she has been teaching me and facilitating me and showing me amazing things from the minute she came into my life. Um, but especially in the last week of her life, how much I learned and the awarenesses that I had around death and and ease with death and and how much she showed me all of the points of view that I had and the conclusions that I had about death was such an enormous gift to me. I really feel like I I, I just even want to do this show just in, in honor of her. Um, she, she Yeah, like she really, um, it was so uncomfortable, was very uncomfortable, but I I knew in in that moment, and especially after once the initial like shock and grief kind of wore off, that there were, have been so many amazing gifts just in those last few days. So, um, so what you know what 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 have you learned about death from animals? What do you know about that? Um, do we have a few hours? Um, yeah, I know, right? Just a little topic. I know. <laughs> I mean. You know, we obviously have such a point of view about death and this reality, right? Yes, and yes. We, we, there's so much wrongness attached to death. And there's something about animals and and something about when our animals die that's that's different, I feel like. Yes, um, there's something definitely. different about it. Yeah, there's something different about it. And there's many things different about it. And again, like that could take us many radio shows. But um, what do you think is one of the hardest, one of the things that makes the death of our animals really difficult? Well, the thing that makes it so difficult for us is that we really look at it as the end. Um, and it's basically like us, we, we don't see that there is actually a different possibility after their bodies have left and that there are other choices that we can make. But the thing really that, that was so interesting to me and that struck me really hard one time was my, when my cat died um, and she died suddenly. She actually committed suicide in a way and that's, that's a long story and an interesting story all in itself. But mm -hmm. um, she, she did get eaten by a coyote and I was so upset about it and I was so... Um, distraught and then literally a couple of days afterwards I was still you know crying and upset and all this stuff and then she really turned to me and she said hello um excuse me why aren't you celebrating my choice wow. and it was like someone had just hit me with a two by four right on the head because it hit me really, really hard, like, who was I being by choosing to be sad and not really look at what what she was choosing and what she was doing? And she said, 
you know, celebrating, but basically, what are you doing? Why aren't you celebrating with me? This was right. my choice, and this was my celebration of life and living and now dying, and you are not taking part of it, part in it at all. You are basically excluding yourself and also me. So I, you know, I find it very interesting like how how much we we are you know not being that space for our animals so um that is one of the invitations that my my cat gave me that really was a very interesting thing for me hmm that's that's yeah i love that because i think how much do we not acknowledge that our animals have choice and that they are conscious even right i think to some people it may be such an absurd concept that animals actually have a lot of awareness and that they have a lot of consciousness and and that they also can choose um when they go how they go um and um, you know other things in their lives too absolutely and i think that's the part that we need to really start looking at and also you know what if it really wasn't it's like a lot of people think that they can no longer really um, be in touch with them and can no longer really have any kind of conversations with them. But the interesting part is actually that our animals will still talk to us even after they have been, uh, after they have left their body and it's still a possibility to talk to them. It's just different. And well, actually, this conversation is not so different because when we talk to our animals, even when they are alive, it is never like a conversation yes. like we have with other people. You know, it is an energetic conversation. And so in death, that conversation continues if we're willing to have it. So, um, yeah. You know, that that's such a good point. I actually really like that because that really nails it right there. Because, you know, with people, we talk to them with words, Right. And so then when they die, we have to kind of struggle to find or, you know, we're not sure how to communicate them with them energetically. But actually with animals, we already connect, we already communicate with them energetically. So, yeah, you're right. That's a great point. It really is, isn't that much different. Their bodies are not there. We can still communicate with them energetically once they've left their bodies because we were communicating energetically with them already when they were here. Totally. Yeah, that's real that's a really great point. I like that. <laughs> you know yeah. what I really I really saw um I so so my dog, her name is MJ, she um got sick kinda quickly. Like I I think I knew something was sort of wrong and then she suddenly got very ill, like in a week. Um and I was kind of like asking her, Do you wanna go? Do you wanna stay? Do you wanna go? Do you wanna stay? How can I help you? What can I do for you? And I was confused by the fact that her body was obviously dying, right? She was she stopped eating. She was losing a lot of weight very rapidly. She was vomiting all the time. So I could see that her body was dying. But when I looked at her and when I was communicating with her, I could see, like I could really see in her eyes that she wasn't dying. <laughs> yes. She was not I, I dying. Think, no. And I think that's another conversation that is really important is that the being that is your dog is really never dying. You know, um, she lives on forever. Her body is what is basically leaving the planet. 
And so even with that, sometimes um, we may have conversations with our animals uh, in this process where we get confused because the being isn't dying. So if you're talking to the being, it's like, hey, I'm here. Yes, I'm great. Yes. I'm having a good time. And I love you. And here I am. And hi. Um, yes. so, but, you, you know, you're seeing the body deteriorating and you're like, what is going on here? But you actually had a conversation, a separate conversation with the body, then um, you could you could really receive that information too. And the body might say to you, yes, I have, you know, several hours left or a day left. And, and that's also important if you are communicating with your animal and you're actually willing to um, ask their body if it would like to have assistance in dying. You can ask the body, would you like to have um, the vet put you down? Or would you like to stay here at home with me? How can I assist you? Um, do you want me to support you energetically? Uh, do you want me to lay my hands on you? Or what is it that actually would make it all easier for you? Their bodies often have a point of view. One of my cats um, did not choose to go to the vet. She wanted to die at home, and she did it very beautifully. Um, but I've also spoken with other animals that literally said, please, please bring me to the vet. I would like to get this over with now. And they do know. They do know what it means to be euthanized, and they do know what that is like. And so they can have choice in that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you for um, coming to this because this is one of the things that I really wanted to talk about. Um, it was something that I, I struggled with a little bit too. So why don't we actually take a break and then when we come back we'll talk a little bit about um, talking to your animal about euthanasia and and all of the discomfort that that brings up and, and what else is possible with that and how to have ease with that. So um, you're listening to Messy Adventures in Living with myself, Petrina Fava, your host, and my awesome guest today, Susie Godsey. Our topic today is one more gift before I go. Um, don't go anywhere. We'll be back soon. Do you wait until all the traffic lights are green before you get in your car? Of course you don't. Are you waiting until you have everything perfect to begin living? Most of us have learned not to take any steps until we have all the information to make the right choice. What if the opposite is true? What if it's choice that creates awareness? Are you willing to make lots of messy choices so you can begin to see the possibilities that you didn't even think existed? Listen for Messy Adventures in Living radio show with self-declared messy living expert Katrina Fava every Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 8 Central, 7 Mountain, and 6 Pacific on A2Zen.fm. How much more expansive would your life be if you were willing to get messy with your choices? Do you know a child who is frustrated and disruptive in class, who struggles to connect, who's bright but still not making the grade, have you ever wished that there were a kinder, gentler way to support children with difficulties in school or at home? Many children find Access Bars is benefiting them greatly. A study is being conducted to document findings in an effort to assist kids everywhere with these life-changing benefits. Will you donate and help to assist kids thrive? Visit www.accessyourbrilliance.com to support our study. 
What else is possible for kids now more than ever? You're listening to Messy Adventures in Living with Petrina Fava. To participate in today's show, please call in the U.S. 815-880-8255. In Canada, 613-800-8736. In the U.K., 033-0001-0625. Or you can Skype us at a2zen.fm. You can also ask questions or comment by email by sending to Petrina at PetrinaFava.com. Now, here's Petrina with more Messy Adventures. Welcome back to Messy Adventures in Living. I'm your host, Petrina Fava, and I'm joined today by Susie Godsey. We are talking about our animals and the gifts that they can give us as they are leaving this earth and um, the possibility of receiving these beautiful gifts from them if we're willing to um, lower our barriers to sometime, what sometimes can be something very uncomfortable. Um, so just before we went to break, we were talking about euthanasia and the choice or the decision to uh, have your pet euthanized um, or to have them die at home. And um, I wanted to I really wanted to go here because before we were talking about that we were talking about the awareness of how much your animal's body may be dying um and you may notice that the being is not dying so for me when my dog was dying I, it was very obvious to me that the being her she was not dying I could see it in her eyes she would um she would you know be vomiting and like and she was so weak that she couldn't even stand and vomit at the same time and and then I would place her back up on the couch and she would look at me and be like what hi what's wrong why why are you sad what's the matter it was so obvious to me and it was great and it was also a source of confusion for me um because I I I really had a point of view about euthanasia, which is kind of weird because I'm a registered nurse and <laughs> and I've actually watched children die. And so when I was struggling with this, I was like, what is it about animals that's like so makes is making this so difficult or is making me feel very distraught? And I started to think about um the idea of innocence. Like a lot of times people will say about animals and also children, they're so innocent. It's they have such innocence, um, you know, like they're 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 suffering, and yet they're just like hi. And people call that innocence, and I was like, what is that really? And I got that what it is is the beauty that they the beauty of no judgment, and the the how beautiful it is that they have no point of view, and it's so beautiful that they have no judgment, and the beauty of it almost stirs tears, like because you ever look at something that's so beautiful that you cry. Mm-hmm. And and I think for me that's what it was. It's like this is so beautiful, and it was stirring up tears. And then of course we think that when we we have tears that this is sadness. And do you know what I mean? And it gets all jumbled. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so so finally, I kind of I actually asked my dog for help because I was like, look, I can you help me? Like, can you help me know what it is you would like? And I kept getting nothing. Like I kept getting that she was just going, I don't care. Whatever, mm-hmm. you can take me to the vet and have me put down, or you can just leave me. I'm, I'm good. 
whatever, whatever. And I was like, no, please, like, can you help me make a decision? And then actually the night before we did go and, and take her to the vet to be euthanized, she vomited like almost the entire night. And <laughs> and, and I just went, okay, I, I hear you. Like, I got it. And And that created ease for me. So I think she actually had no point of view. She gave me that. It's like, here, if this is what you require, here you go. I mean, yeah. amazing, amazing. So, you know, what what can you tell us about um, dogs and their, their point of view or no point of view about having help dying? Yeah, I, I, really, um, I really have to say that we have to be willing to, to be aware in that moment and to be pre- present with our animal in that moment. And changed uh, in in the midst of it all, I'm sure she would have let me know about it. But I think most people actually know. It's just that there is so much guilt that we usually have yeah. in there that um, we we are, you know, going through. And that's the part we really need to look at and go, okay, if I wasn't guilty right now, if I really could just be present with my animal, what would they like to choose? And then also we have to be willing to know that we also have choice. You know, um, right. if it's too hard for you to watch your animal die, you can also ask them, like, is it okay if I bring you to the vet now? Like, I mm-hmm. have a hard time. I can't deal with this. This is way too much for me. Um, I can't handle it. Um and then we can also perceive their answer there, and it might be mm-hmm. like, yes, like your dog was saying too, like, hey, I, I really don't care. You can do this and you can do that, and both is totally fine by me. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, we often don't trust that animals actually have ease with all this. Um, we often think that they have to have a problem with death and dying because for us it is something so difficult and what you say is correct. You know, people call it innocence, but really it's so interesting to me that we're calling it innocence. What if we actually saw the beauty in mm-hmm. how animals and kids are with death? Like they really don't have a point of view about death and dying. It's more like, oh, okay, it's just a piece of life and living in a way. So it's not anything spectacularly different. And... You know, most kids have a very fun kind of way of looking at death until they get convinced by us that they need to yes. you know, be sad about it or they need to have a, a judgment of it rather than it really just truly being um, a part of, of our being here on the planet. So, um, so animals really, really have um, that sense that, hey, it's just another piece of me being here and now now I'm not here anymore, but I'm still here. And if you want me to come back in another body, I could even choose that. Mm-hmm. And that's also another gift that often people are not aware of. You can actually ask your animal, hey, do you want to come back to me in another body? And a lot of them will say, yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> I would love that. And so you can ask them, hey, where where am I going to find you? Uh, how do I find you? Um, what are you going to show up as? Um, most dogs will always come back as dogs. Cats will come back as cats. 
So they're not going to show up in a different body type, but they might show up as a different breed, a different size, a different color, um, you know, uh, a different gender. So, you know, those are the things that you can find out when you actually ask them. And that's really interesting. And a a lot of people, even most people Mm -hmm. that you know, I know, probably will say, oh, yeah, I've had a dog that was exactly like my other dog one time. Um, And so then when I ask them, well, is it your other dog? They always go, oh, my God. Yes, it is. Energetically, that actually is true. So <laughs> we we can actually also have that as a reality. So it doesn't have to be the end in that sense when our animals um, pass away. Yeah, that's that's really cool. And that's very exciting. And um, I wonder, too, how much we, we think that we can't ask them because that, that means that we're not letting go. Yeah. Right? Like, well, if I ask them to come back, then that means that I'm not, you know, at peace with their death and that's not fair. And but actually, I think what I've really what I've really, really learned, I mean, MJ is my first dog. And so this is the first time I've, you know, I've experienced this. But I would have really learned from my dog is really how much they have no point of view. And I think I I knew that, like, I've heard this concept and I knew it kind of with my brain. But I really got it in these last few weeks of her life. Like, they really have no point of view. And a lot of times, they will let you choose, which is, again, such an amazing gift, right? It's like, and that that thing that you were saying about talking to your animal and being like, look, this is really uncomfortable for me. Is it okay if I take you to the vet? Thank you so much for that, because that, you know, I think that's what was happening for me. She had no point of view. She didn't care. She would have stayed there and vomited 24 hours a day. Like, (laughs) she didn't have a point of view about it. Um, but it was getting very uncomfortable for me. And I think when I asked her to help me, um, the fact that she showed me that, she knew that that was what was going to convince me to just Mm -hmm. go and and have ease with it. So we can ask our animals for these things. They don't care. They don't have a point of view. They'll they'll give to us. I mean, they look at how much they've given to us, you know, while they're here in a body, right? So selflessly, such loyalty, such faithfulness, like, of course they will do that even in death as well because they don't have a point of view and they'll just do whatever makes you happy. Yeah. They're they are just they are gifts beyond anything I can even put into words. Like it's just so amazing. Yeah. Um, the the other thing I mean similar to this um but I I think we probably already talked about it but um I think a lot of times people have guilt around the cost of vet bills and um you know, like, well, if it was a person, you know, we, I would put my dog in the hospital and have them treated for a month. But, you know, this is going to cost me tens of thousands of dollars. So I'm going to put my I'm going to choose to euthanize my animal. Um, I think a lot of people have a bit of weirdness around that or guilt around the the paying for what it takes to keep your animal alive. Um, yeah. I don't know, like, do you, what can you say about that or? Yeah, I mean, there are some people that are very pragmatic. I used to be a dog walker, and, you know, I had uh, as my intake um, form, I basically was talking about something like that, too. Like, what if something happened out there on the walk, and I have to bring your dog to the vet directly, um, and it's an emergency, like, what is your policy? You know, and Mm -hmm. I have people that would say, if it costs more than $500, um, I want my animal to be put down. Um, And they were just very pragmatic about that. So Mm -hmm. in a way, 
it's like I think also that is like somebody's choice. And again, like you said, they almost don't really have a point of view about it. They don't have. Um, they're not sitting there and going, oh, I'm not worth more than $500 to you. Shame on you. Like, they would never, <laughs> right. you know, they would never have that point of view. Um, but, but they're also aware of that, you know, and so in a certain way, they know, oh, if I am going to have this, then I will be put down. So they might also then be aware of like, hmm, Am I going to show my person that I am sick? Or So they have choices in that too. You know, animals are very resilient in so many ways as well. And so if it's very clear to you what your, what your financial limit is, it is also clear to them. So yeah. they, they, they very well know what they are entering in the relationship with you. So in a way, again, what if we didn't have a point of view about that? What if we if we really could just let go of that also and just be fine with it also. It is mm-hmm. our choice too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Great. Yeah. And they are so aware, like they really are so aware, of course, beyond what we say with our words. I mean, it almost sounds obvious because, you know, we don't communicate with them with words, but I think we think we do because we're the ones saying the words. Um, yeah. But I, I noticed um, uh, how much, yeah, it doesn't matter what the words are or it doesn't matter what you're saying to your dog. They're really aware of the underlying message so clearly. I was, um, the night before my dog died, she was on the couch and she was sleeping and I was sleeping on the other couch beside her. And I, I, I realized that I was really projecting so much death at her. Like I was not sleeping and I was looking at her to see if she was still breathing and I was like on edge you know, waiting for her to, like, hear the sound of her throwing up. And it was really funny because I wasn't moving my body, but every time I had that thought or I would, like, look with my eyes to see what she was doing, she would lift her head and look at me. And and she and she would look at me like, what? <laughs> like, what you saw? What? <laughs> but, and again, I really realized, like, it didn't matter what I said because I was saying things to her like... um um, I was saying, um, you know, I really would love it. I have to be honest, like, I would love it if you would stay, but this is your choice. And if you want to go, you can go. And, you know, not all of that was 100% true because I, I was like, I knew that was the right thing to say, but I really, I really didn't want to let her go. So, yeah. you know, she, I, I, I saw in those moments when I was like looking to see if she was still breathing that she was so aware of it because she would turn and look at me and be like, what would you can you just stop? I'm trying to sleep. Like, yes. um, they're so great. So sometimes, you know, the words, they are so aware when the energy doesn't match. And so, you know, that, that thing about not paying for vet bills, like if they're aware that that's our point of view, then if they have no point of view about it, then they can just be okay with it. And I wonder how much they even use that as a signal when they yeah. want to leave bodies, right? It's like, okay, I want to leave my body. I know my owner is not going to spend more than $500 on the vet bill. So I'm going to, you know, do this. And then that'll be easy for all of us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and that can really be an easy choice an animal makes. And on the other hand, you know, you also have heard of these stories where an animal goes to the vet and the person says, put them down. And it's not legal, but I have met many animals where the vet didn't put the animal down and um, 
well and then, you know, someone else would take them because um, they were not uh, willing to do it because they saw in the animal that the animal wasn't ready to die, but they had diabetes and it was too expensive oh, wow. or too much work or something like that too, you know. And I'm sure, I mean, not leave whatever I was saying, like, I'm sure the vet asked, you know, can I keep your animal or whatever. I'm just saying I have met many, many animals that literally didn't die because the vet would mm-hmm. intervene and say no. Um, right. So in that sense, again, like, who created that? You know, if the yeah, animal yeah, yeah. truly wanted to die, then the vet would have would have basically put them down. Um, but in that moment, it's like the animal is like, excuse me, um, $500, excuse me, I am worth way more than that. <laughs> Hello, will somebody please check this one out? And then people right. hear that conversation too. And then somebody comes to the quote-unquote rescue. So, right. you know, it, it, we, we, we cannot underestimate this because we always think that the animals are the victims in this situation. But we yeah. really don't acknowledge their co-creation in situations like that as well. So animals are very aware of their mm-hmm. situation, and they they will co-create in in now in those moments. So we have to we have to acknowledge that, you know. So I have yeah. So <laughs> I have yeah, many and, stories like that too. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I wonder if they you know if they just wanted new owners, and so they're like, well, I know this owner won't spend more than five, so we'll go to the vet, and then this will happen, and then and then I'll end up with a new owner. They're sneaky. Yeah. Oh my goodness, cool. So just looking in the chat room, Rhonda just has a comment about um, how she was faced with that choice with a diabetic dog. And then thousands of dollars later, we had his diagnosis. He stayed with me another seven years, a 13-year-old large breed, and was such a gift to me. People thought I was nuts to go through all that. Yeah, I mean, people have a lot of points of view about about, you know, what pets are and what they're worth and what's acceptable and what's not. Yeah, totally. And it is so interesting because, um, you know, obviously Rhonda also knew that she wasn't going to just let go of the dog because there was a, there was a problem. You know, she was willing to to go and, and face that and go, okay, I do, I do want to spend the money to see what's going on here. Um, I had that with a cat. She was only about a year old, and she had all these diseases, and nobody knew what it was. And it literally cost me like $8,000 at the time. But then that cat um, never had another health problem her entire life, and she turned out to be 20 years old before she died. That's the one that actually died at home in the end. So Uh you never know. You know, you just have to be willing to kind of look at that and go, okay, what what am I choosing? What is my cat choosing? You know, and at the time when she was that sick, I said to her, I don't know what to do here, and I can't really choose for you. Will you let me know? And she very much let me know. She she didn't desire to leave her body. She didn't know what was going on. Um, and so, you know, we went through that together, and it turned out great in the end. So, yeah. Um, the the main the main part here is really that all of this is it's neither right nor wrong. I think that's where right. a lot of people go. I have to save my cat. No, you don't have to save your cat. Um, please also just look at the situation that you're in. If it if it looks like that this is not going to work out, um, then ask the cat. Hey, what what is your body doing here? Um, can you show me? Like, can you show me? Are you dying? Are you living? Do you desire to keep on living? But please speak to the body because, again, the being 
never dies. And so the being will always tell you, no, no, I'm fine. I'm I'm alive. I'm good. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that's uh, where sometimes animal communication can go a little array when, when animals are missing because, you know, if you ask the being, hey, are you still alive? The being goes, yep, I'm over here. But yeah. their body might have already uh, suffered, you know, death, basically. So um, right. so it's important to really look at, okay, is my, is the body of my pet still capable of living on? And like with your dog, too, your, your dog was like, yeah, I could go on forever, but the body definitely was, it wasn't happening anymore. So, you know, what else is possible here truly? Like how can we really play with this in a different way where we can also then... I think the part that we really forget is the celebration in death. Like, yeah. what can we be and do different to really enjoy this piece of the the relationship that we have with our animals rather than making it a wrongness or going into the devastation of it? How can mm-hmm. we go into the celebration of it and, and really support each other in that process and, and see what else? what else might be required. I think if we really started to have a different point of view about this, we could receive so much more from them and in this situation. We're saying all the gifts that they can give us in that Mm -hmm. moment are so precious. And what if we really allowed ourselves to have them all? And so, yeah, the invitation is really by them (laughs) for us to look at this in a different way. Oh, absolutely. I totally agree. And I think, and that's what, um, it's funny, I was saying um, in, in in her last few days, I was asking the universe, universe, show me ease with death. And, and I, and I knew that I had a point of view about what that meant. I mean, I didn't know it right away, but I got it a little while later. So I was saying, I was asking universe, I was praying, I was like, okay, show me, sh- please show me ease with death. Like, I wanted her to have an easy death, but I had such a point of view about what that was. Like mm-hmm. my point of view about what an easy death is, is that you would just slowly stop breathing in your sleep. Um, you know, I didn't really think that bringing my, the dog to the vet and having her put down was ease with death. Like to me, that was something I absolutely was resisting. You know, so I was asking and then she did ultimately show me, but it was just, I really could see that I was asking with such a point of view, such a conclusion about what that meant. And again, just more gifts from her. You know, it's like, look at what you did. Ha ha, you asked for ease with death, but you had a conclusion about what that meant. (laughs) (laughs) Silly. I think you are correct. You know, we do have a point of view. When there is pain and when there is what we call suffering, we we do get into that space of like, (gasps) we have to avoid that. And especially in animals, we do not want them to suffer or have pain. But even with that, they have a different point of view about what pain and suffering actually is. And my cat who was dying at home, in the last hour she had like a convulsion and and Mm -hmm. I freaked out and I was like, oh, what what am I going to do now? Do you want me to bring you to the vet now? What am, you know, I just was freaking out. And she could, like all her life, she had that look that that really was very clearly like her telling me I was being an asshole. And so she (laughs) she looked at me with that look again and she was like, "Mm," you know, and I said, okay, 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 I'm backing off. Okay, what, what, you know, ah, but still I was freaking out. And and she really just said to me, look, this is easier than childbirth. Are you kidding me? And I was like, this is easier than childbirth? Like, like what? <laughs> um, she had kittens, so she was, you know. Anyway, 
But I was like, wow, okay, cool. Uh, okay, I'm backing off. And so when the convulsion stopped, I had enough time to really just calm myself down and go, okay, cool. So mm-hmm. really, and then like just being there with her and just, you know, what what do you really truly desire of me? And she was just saying like, just be here and be present. That is the greatest gift that you can give me right now. Yeah. And so um, I just sat there and then like 10 minutes later or so, she had the next convulsion, which then actually led to her dying. But now I was really, really peaceful and I was calm and I was just being there with her without freaking out. But for us, that's the hard part. Like when we see our animals in distress, we we can't stay present. We think we have to do something to fix it for them. Or we have to now jump into action, but sometimes that's actually not required if we're just willing to be there with them and just be be that space of peace with them where they can then actually just use us sort of like a rock in the stream. Mm-hmm. How beautiful can that be for them then to really have us there um, and have that support if they are yeah. choosing it too, you know? And some yeah. animals may choose to choose to die on their own. That's more comfortable for them. Some animals right. try to hide it. Yes. And so that is their uh, way of dealing with the situation. But we can all be supportive uh, in, in all of those situations. And because it's really also not about us in that moment. Right. And I think that's the one thing that's a little hard because mm-hmm. we think it is our responsibility and so it is about us, but it's really not. It's, it's It can really be just that space of peace for them, that's a totally different way of being. Yes, I think that's what it was for me um, with the, with choosing euthanasia, is that I felt like it was my responsibility, and it was a responsibility I didn't want. You know, like I didn't want yes. to make that decision. Um, and then when I got that she could participate in that decision, and then even more than that, and, and actually I think that was my other point of view, was that she, if I wasn't going to make the decision, then I could. I was going to let her make the decision. But then when she had no point of view, I was like, wait, I'm not making the decision. You're not making the decision. What's going on here? Like, I felt like there had to be a point of view, but there actually doesn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think that goes back to how we, how we look at death with people, right? Because, you know, people have a point of view about death. So the idea that a a dog or that somebody has no point of view about death is so strange. Like that look in her eye of, I'm fine after I just puked my guts out and fell over. And then then she's like, what? I'm fine. It was so, it's so foreign because we don't really see that really with people because people have a point of view about dying. And even there though, you know, how often are we trying to influence the people that are dying to stay on longer or to reconsider oh, yes. choices, et cetera, et cetera, without actually really truly being willing to ask them questions also, you know, or making things wrong. Like my grandma, she was 102, and she really, really had enough. Like she wanted to go, but she had her faculties, and her body was great. And the doctor mm-hmm. was saying, she's going to live until she's 105. And my grandma wow. kept saying, I don't want to be 105. Like, how am I going to die here with peace and ease? And I said, Grandma, just ask your body to help. And, mm. you know, and, and two weeks later, literally her body created a thrombosis in her leg. And she decided 
decided not to operate it. And they and so they said, but you will you don't get this operated because your body is going to die right. from the poison. And she's oh, okay, cool. Hmm. So, um, you know, but if if the whole family had well, so me and my dad, we were cool about that. My cousin, on the other hand thought that mm-hmm. this was horrifying and terrible and the one should not do that and grandma shouldn't be allowed to to make that choice. She should be forced to have the operation. So, right. you know, we we do very funny things when it comes yeah. to death and dying. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, well, let's take a final break and then we'll come back and talk a little bit more about this. So you are listening to Messy Adventures in Living with myself, Petrina Fava, and my guest, Susie Gotzi. We'll be right back. Do you wait until all the traffic lights are green before you get in your car? Of course you don't. Are you waiting until you have everything perfect to begin living? Most of us have learned not to take any steps until we have all the information to make the right choice. What if the opposite is true? What if it's choice that creates awareness? Are you willing to make lots of messy choices so you can begin to see the possibilities that you didn't even think existed? Listen for Messy Adventures in Living radio show with self-declared messy living expert Katrina Fava every Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 8 Central, 7 Mountain, and 6 Pacific on A2Zen.fm. How much more expansive would your life be? If you were willing to get messy with your choices. What if you really do change molecules by your interaction with them? What if the change you've been looking for is right before your eyes? What if the uncomfortableness that comes with difference could be fun? What if the closed-minded people of the world no longer determined our world? What if gratitude trumps judgment every time? What if your kindness healed the world? What if the earth is asking for your help? And what if you had the resources to give it? This is your invitation to step into something that Einstein, Marie Curie, Picasso, Da Vinci, Shakespeare, Aristotle all knew to be true. Hi, my name is Dane here. Thirteen years ago, I started to truly ask questions. Actually, I started to be the question, and everything changed for me. What if there are no dumb questions, or any question too large? What if you being you are the gift and the change this world requires? Is now the time? For more questions to create a change in your world, sign up for a free video series at beingyouclass.com. My gift to you, beingyouclass.com. You're listening to Messy Adventures in Living with Petrina Fava. To participate in today's show, please call in the U.S. 815-880-8255. In Canada, 613-800-8736. In the U.K., 033-0001-0625 or you can Skype us at a2zen.fm You can also ask questions or comment by email by sending to Petrina at PetrinaFaba.com Now, here's Petrina with more Messy Adventures. Welcome back to Messy Adventures in Living. Today we are talking about our animals. One more gift before I go, and our guest is Susie Godsey. So um, I wanted to just touch on a little bit about communicating with our pets after they have died um, and and how people can do that or what that looks like. Or um, But there's this quote that I um, read a couple of years ago 
by Dr. Dane here that I absolutely love so much, and it is, what if the intensity of feeling that you have identified as missing someone instead is the intensity of the connection that is already there? I love that so much. And ever since I read that, whenever I remember or or whenever I feel like I miss someone who's died, I acknowledge that that's actually you know, a po- the possibility that they're saying hi. Mm-hmm. And and ever since I've embraced that, it's really changed that energy of missing for me. And so I've done this a lot in the last couple of weeks with my dog, where um, I actually was asking her in the beginning, um, shortly after she passed away, because I was remembering a lot of the last few days and like the, the quote, like the, the body suffering, the vomiting, the like, and it was making me really sad. And And so I said to her, hey, you know what, MJ, like, can you, can you help me with that? Like, can you show me something else? And then I was getting all these, like, this flood of memories, um, all these things, little things that I had forgotten. Like, um, you know, one time we went to, like, a large parking lot when she was a puppy and we practiced, you know, we were tra- you know, train. I was training her, training her to, like, sit, stay, come, you know. And I had mm-hmm. totally forgotten about it and she showed it to me. And then another time we were, like, I was sitting in the basement and she, when she was outside in the backyard, sometimes she would look in to the window and we used to joke, my husband and I, because we'd be sitting on the couch watching TV, like, eating a bag of potato chips or something. And she'd be looking in and she'd give us this look, like, you assholes, like, you're sitting there eating chips. Let me in, you know. So she was, I asked her for help and she was showing me all these, I was getting these memories. And so, you know, you might think they're just memories, but what if they're actually your dog or your, your or even your person going, hey, hello, remember this? Remember this? Yeah. It's, it's yeah. awesome. So, actually, so what are, so, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. No, that's a great, that's actually a great thing that I suggest to people where the animals are, you know, starting to to die, actually to really sit with them and go through those memories together while they're still there because it can really give you that sense of like um, being with them also in the process of them dying. But yeah, I mean, afterwards, it is so beautiful to kind of see that, see that, and yes, that is their communication. That is them saying, hey, no, please don't focus on, on me being dead. Focus on the fun things that we, we had with each other. Focus on the stuff that actually um, is about us living and sharing moments together. It's not about, it's not about this one moment in time uh, holding on to that as if that was the existence of, of all of it. And mm-hmm. so many people do that. It becomes about the death rather than actually the celebration of all the life that that right. you had with your animal. And so yeah, it is beautiful if you actually do open the door. And it is it's really no different than having them around in that sense mm-hmm. that the energetic communication is taking place. And so right. often people say, Oh my animal died three days ago but when I turn around I see them sitting there. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're still there. For the most part a lot of them will do that. They will just hang mm-hmm. out and mm-hmm. And they will just be around you. So yes, you can have conversations. But even after they have left this realm, however you want to call it, um, they still can have a conversation with you. And it's just as easy as if they are around. But we so often block ourselves from that conversation. Right. You know, we, yeah. we we hold on to the sadness rather than mm-hmm. hey, what else possible like you asked your dog can you please help me with this you know right what a beautiful thing to do 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I was very grateful for that. So let's talk a little bit about what you have coming up. We have just a couple of minutes left. Um, you have uh, a Talk to the Animal series happening over the Rainbow Bridge, Death and Dying of Our Beloved Animal Companions, right? So can you tell us a little yeah. bit about that? Yeah, so I have been doing this 12-month series where every month I pick a topic that has to do with us living with animals. And so <laughs> this is very appropriate because it is fitting this show so well. It's yeah, literally perfect. three, three one-and-a-half-hour telecalls uh, in three days that are talking about this particular topic in depth. And we're going to do a lot of clearings. We're going to um, you receive the clearing loop, and we're going to talk about all of this. These are live calls. You can call in with your questions. You can ask anything you wish to ask about that topic. And actually, my, my special my special offer for anybody who is listening to the show, um, if you sign up uh, before the end of this month, uh, I will give you a 50% discount on this particular um, three three part call. So awesome. this is my offer just to A to Zen, and your promo code is A to Zen. How easy is that? <laughs> How easy is that? Cool. And I will post this in the Facebook event of the page, and um, I think maybe we might even be able to post it in. Well, we'll post it in the Facebook event of the page, any, anyways, for sure. So. Um, uh, and how can we reach you? So let's see. Well, you're everywhere. So <laughs> you have your own radio show, blog talk, radio conversations with dog. Um, Susie is all over SoundCloud. If you're interested in listening uh, there, she's got her own YouTube channel. She's on Twitter and Instagram and Pinterest. Um, you can check her dog. Your dog, Charlie, has his own Facebook page. I love that. Charlie, yes, yes dog. He is actually my radio host. Um, I am just his mouthpiece. He is the one doing the show, so it's so very good. fun. Please tune in every two weeks, and uh, just a lot of fun with him. So a lot of different topics. <laughs> to Great. Play with. Awesome. So Susie, you can find Susie at susiegodseat.com, conscioushorseconsciousrider.com, yesdogblog.com, or you can email her at susie at accessconsciousness.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. We have less than a minute. Thank you so, so, so much for playing on Messy Adventures in Living, Susie. I'm so grateful. Thank you so much for having me, and what a great show you have. Thank you so oh, much thank for having you. me. <laughs> yes, so what else is possible, you guys, with you and your animals, and what can you receive from your animals um, in their last days if you would be willing to lower your barriers and and receive the gift that they are willing to give you. Talk to you next week. Goodbye. Thanks for listening. Thanks for playing with us on Messy Adventures in Living. Katrina Fava will return next Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 8 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Mountain, and 6 a.m. Pacific on A2Zen.fm. We'd love to have you join us again. Until then, have fun creating your phenomenal life, mess and all. <laughs>